You're listening to the Mormon Artist Podcast, a podcast covering the world of Mormon arts and examining the intersection between faith and creativity. For more Mormon arts news and interviews, please visit mormonartist.net. Welcome to the Mormon Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Morris. Today we're talking with Scott Hales. Hi, Scott. Hello. Scott Hales is the creator of the webcomic The Garden of Enid, Adventures of a Weird Mormon Girl. He graduated from BYU with a BA in English and the University of Cincinnati with an MA and PhD in English. He currently teaches English classes at several colleges in the Cincinnati area, where he grew up and now lives with his wife and four daughters. Online, you can find his thoughts on Mormon literature at A Motley Vision, Dawning of a Brighter Day, and his personal blog, Artistic Preaching. So Scott, tell me about the genesis of the Garden of Venus. Well, it's kind of a, it could be a long story, uh, but I'll I'll try to tell the shorter version of the long story. Uh, I, I have been cartooning since I was a kid, and I've always enjoyed comics and comic strips. And and uh, when I was in school, uh, high school, junior high, middle school, that sort of thing, I was the kid who was always drawing uh, and doodling in my notebooks, and and so it was always just part of who I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I did cartooning for the school newspaper one year, and so I, so that was my thing. Uh, I started. I, I I did a year at Rick's College uh, as an art major, and then I left on my mission. I served a mission. When I got back, uh, and and during my mission, I was cartooning the whole time as well. Uh, when I got back, I just I I kind of sick of it, and so I set it aside and I I uh, went to school, got my degrees, studied English. I was was uh, about five or six months away from completing my PhD. And I had just finished up the chapter, and it was my last chapter. And so I I uh, started drawing again, and just kind of blew off some steam mm-hmm. uh, during the Christmas break. And uh, Enid is what came out of that. And uh, so so that's that's partly the genesis of it. Uh, is I just started drawing her one day, and and uh, I drew up one comic, and I thought she was kind of a fun character. So I just started drawing some more, and and uh, and then I didn't stop after that. Uh, but I had been wanting to do a comic for a long time, and I had been wanting to do something with Mormon themes. And uh, I had been on, I had I had been kind of operating a a Twitter account called Mormon Short uh, for a long time, and writing these kind of short, funny uh, Mormon. Twitter fiction mm-hmm. that became fairly popular, and I realized that I could tell Mormon stories that people like mm-hmm. because it because you know it, it gathered a following. And I said, well, what if I could do this with cartooning? And that kind of transformed into the Garden of Enid, 
and I'd kind of become bored of Mormon Mormon shorts anyway. So I I switched over to that, and that I think that account on Twitter is pretty much dead now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but so that's that's also kind of where it came from as well as I, I kind of realized people like uh, my humor, and I thought, well, what if I do this with a cartoon character, and and uh, that's where Enid came from. Okay, that's interesting. And so that was for those listening who may not be familiar that was last December 2013. Yeah, it was a year ago. That you launched the Garden of Eden. Yeah. So why a teenage, a weird teenage Mormon girl? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's one of the the questions people ask the most. Um, I I, I think part of it is, has to do with um, my own study of, of Mormon fiction. And one thing that I noticed at least in serious Mormon, what, what is sometimes termed serious Mormon fiction, and that's a controversial term, mm-hmm. uh, but is that a lot of it has to do with the experiences of men and boys. So you look at the fiction of Douglas Thayer or Levi Peterson, mm-hmm. and it's all about the experiences of young men. And I like it. I like their fiction a lot, but I didn't think that I could add anything new to that genre. Uh, at this stage. And so I was kind of interested in trying something different. And, and frankly, it's just what I drew. I, I was trying out a lot of things and, and uh, she's the character that's stuck. And so it just happened to be a, a weird teenage Mormon girl. And, and uh, you know, I don't know. There's, there's probably a lot of things I could say about that. I just, it's just the character who, who seemed to work best. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I spend a lot of time with with uh, females. I mean, my my uh, I have a wife and four daughters, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty uh, familiar with girl culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, so you know, Disney Channel movies, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> How old is your oldest? Uh, she's ten. Okay, so she's a little bit yeah, pre-Enid age, but. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I just finished uh, teaching seminary. Okay. Uh, so I had I worked. I guess for the, I, they usually put me in young men's, uh, but I had never really taught young women before. But uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, the perspectives they brought to class, and and, uh, and so anyway, I just I, I thought that it would be kind of fun to try. So let's talk more about the personal story arc, the journey that, that Enid takes. She's um, a an illegitimate child in a um, single parent household. Her mother is n- not terribly active in the church, and so she. Well, I would I would say that her mother is as active as she can be. Right. Um, yeah. Which is something that Enid kind of has to deal with and think about and mm-hmm. develop some. Um, so it's very much I, th- I feel like one of the themes is very much Enid's not just weird but she's not in an ideal Mormon scenario so a lot of the the struggles that happen are her family doesn't match the ideal she's kind of weird herself um, she doesn't really fit in completely at church, she doesn't really fit in completely at school um, so talk to me about those themes and developing those themes okay yeah well 
from the beginning, the, the whole point was to, to make Enid not fit the mold mm-hmm. uh, of the, the, the standard Mormon. Uh, and so by doing that, I, I put her in this, this situation where, um, you know, her mother is, is sick. Um, she has suffered from many, many different health challenges uh, the mother has. Um, uh, you know, when she was younger, uh, she had she struggled with addiction mm-hmm. and um, depression, and that's something that continues. And so, so relationship with her mother is is also not ideal, and it's also not the kind of typical parent-child relationship that you would hope to find in the church. Um, and so, Enid does struggle with that. Uh, she doesn't know who who her father is, and a lot of the a lot of her story, especially near the end, has to do with her trying to find out who he is and and you know where it is she comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she struggles socially with uh, people. She has a hard time making connections with real people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, there there's a boy she likes. Uh, she has people who are friends. They're, they're more acquaintances, but they're not really friends. Uh, they're mostly friends by default because they're in the same ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so she does struggle to make those kind of human connections, except in the, in the sense that she, she seems to connect well with adults. Um, so she has these, these women uh, who step up and kind of fill the mother role for her. Uh, and she also has a really good relationship with her bishop. And so they, they're kind of her support group and the ones that she has the most human connection with. Uh, and they kind of provide the, the love that she needs. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's where she comes from there. Uh, and I did that intentionally. I wanted a character who would struggle through life the way a lot of us do, but, but rarely acknowledge in church. Mm-hmm. And so she was a way to talk about non-traditional families and uh, uh, you know, mental health especially was important to me to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just and that sort of thing. And I really wanted to um, show a situation that I think is familiar to all of us, because I think in every ward, there are those families that need a lot. They're, they're very non-traditional. They need a lot of love from the ward. And sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't. And I wanted her to come from one of those families as a way to kind of talk about um, the potential of what a ward can do if it gets it right if they work together and really strive hard to you know be there for the people who need them the most mm-hmm. so that that's that that's what motivated that okay yeah i mean one of the things i liked about it was that um you kind of set up a lot of these stereotypes through enid's perspective of the molly mormon girl cindy and um the marsh family they're also kind of um kind of Molly Mormon perfect, seeming perfect sure. from an outside perspective. And she has some she has young women leaders who are kind of straight-laced and quote Bruce R. McConkie, some of the more yeah. hardliner <laughs> things her, things her, that he would say. Her seminary teacher, yeah. Her, her seminary, seminary teacher, teacher uh-huh. Bit, yeah. yeah, and... Um, but, but throughout the comic, um, they're all eventually portrayed as um, more three-dimensional characters and much more sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And not just as... Um, objects for uh, for Enid to 
you know, practice charity and learn compassion, which is part of it. Um, but also as people who end up being, like you said, that support to her. Yeah. So one of the parts that I really enjoyed about the Enoch comics were when a Mormon historical figure would pop up. Um, that she would talk to, we had Joseph Smith, Wilford Woodruff, um, Emma Smith showed up a couple times. Minerva Tyker had an appearance. I liked that one. Yep, yep. And Eliza R. Snow. So yeah. what, where did you get that idea from? Well, it, that, 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 that's a good question. Uh, the, the historical figures uh, was one of the, the kind of nice surprises to have happened in the comic because I never really initially planned to do anything like that. But I had been, I guess my wife's uncle is an evangelical pastor. And we are friends on Facebook, uh, even though we never communicate. We're just, you know, it's family, so you're friends with him, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So anyway, he kept posting these comics called Coffee with Jesus. Hmm. And I don't don't know if you've ever seen Coffee with Jesus before. You know, I think I have seen a couple of those. Yeah. So anyway, it has these people asking Jesus these questions, and Jesus is usually very sarcastic with them. And anyway, I thought it was kind of a fun idea. And I... And I said, well, there's a lot that I want to say about Mormon history. And I think it would be really neat if we could, you know, with all the kind of controversies that are, that are erupting over church history and church historiography, you know, how we've been telling our stories, uh, wouldn't it be great if these figures could come back and kind of give us know some sort of reflective comments on on you know their life and how they respond to these controversies mm-hmm. and uh you know with the perspective that they have now you know 100 years later 150 years later wouldn't it be great if we knew what how they felt or, or what they would say and so that's kind of where that came from is i wanted Edith to be able to be in conversation with the past and but also at the same time be in conversation with the present Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these are just moments for her to talk to these 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 figures, these historical figures, uh, as if they were around today, as if they they had that kind of, you know, twenty twenty perspective that, you know, I imagine they do have now. Mm-hmm. So and it was always fun. It was always kind of fun to kind of think of well, what would Joseph Smith say here, or which which mm-hmm. historical figure would be best to to respond uh, to this situation. Uh, and so, yeah, so that's, that's where it came from. And it was a lot of fun. And just to, to kind of look into, you know, research these lives and, and you know, try to figure out uh, what they would say in, in this or that situation. Yeah, I was actually surprised at um, how effectively you were able to um, do caricatures of them. Because I yeah. think I haven't seen a lot of caricatures of Mormon historical figures, so it was, it was neat how easily identifiable some of them were. Like Wilford Woodruff, I knew immediately that was Wilford yeah. Woodruff. Yeah, that was one. Of, that was yeah. He, he his turned out really well. Some of them, not so much, but yeah, his was his. I thought his was pretty good. And uh, I think Bruce R. McConkey, whenever he would appear, yeah, he definitely looked like Bruce R. McConkey. Turned out well. The but, eyebrows. You know, some of them, 
I, I had one person criticize Brigham Young for looking too much like Joseph Smith. They said Joseph or Brigham Young looked like Joseph Smith with a beard. So, <laughs> so I did try to <laughs> avoid that in the, in the, you know, going on from there. But yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Were any of the things that came up for Enid um, struggles that you or your family have had that you kind of wanted to explore and express? Uh, yes and no. I, I think in a lot of ways, um, the, for example, Enid's struggle with doubt, that's not really something that I have had much of a struggle with, uh, for a long time. I, I, I don't think I'm a, I, I don't think I'm much of a doubter anymore, mm-hmm. but when I was Enid's age, when I was 15, uh, that's when I first began to you know, learn about some things that I think are challenging a lot of people today. And so mm-hmm. I, I had, you know, I was a freshman when I found Fawn Brody's No Man Knows My History, her biography on Joseph Smith, mm-hmm. a very controversial biography. I found that as a high school freshman in my high school library, and I read that, and that kind of started me on a path of, of doubt that went on. You know, my, my testimony struggled probably for the remainder of my high school years. Uh, but like Enid, I, I kind of worked through it, worked through it, and, uh, and kind of came to terms with a lot of the messiness of church history and, and uh, kind of the, the, the gray areas that aren't supposed to exist in the gospel, but in fact do. Uh, and so, I, so a lot of her struggles were similar to the same kind of struggles that I had then. Mm-hmm. at her stage in life um and then i see a lot of people struggling with today so i i kind of took my experience with it and kind of put it in there a little bit but a lot of it is responding to just the struggles i see in uh, the lives of people around me who are uh, having a hard time uh, navigating kind of the the inner the mormonism in the internet age mm-hmm. um, you know, in the last year, for example, I've had several people that I've known uh, just leave the church over issues with history or doctrine, and I think that's sad. Mm-hmm. So I think Enid, uh, Enid was one way for me to kind of engage that situation uh, in what I hope was a positive way for a lot of people, because it's really sad. I think it's such a sad thing that's happening right now. Yeah, I was thinking that um, to launch a project like this, um, where you have a character who's engaging with a lot of her own struggles, and at the same time, there are these controversies going on. This was quite the year to do yeah. that, actually. <laughs> I mean, it was a coincidence. Yeah. You couldn't have predicted that, but... No, yeah. Yeah, it was, the, 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 there was no shortage of material uh, when it came to, to controversies this year, so... So, I think... One of the more memorable episodes from this past year was Enid's experience at EFY. So, um, tell me about that. Well, the uh, the idea for EFY came, I think, really early on. I did a comic where her her mom's visiting teacher uh, got her, I guess, enrolled her in EFY. I don't know if that's what you actually say, but but basically made it so that she could go to EFY. She paid for her ticket or whatever. Uh, and so I, I kind of set that up early on mm-hmm. and then realized 
as summer rolled around that I was going to have to to, uh, to do an EFY comic. Mm-hmm. And the the only challenge with that is that I have never actually been to EFY. <laughs> so, in fact, I was the teenager, much like Enid, who who uh, who would make fun of those who would go to EFY. <laughs> And you know, talk about all sorts of horrible things that that you know all the all the ways that EFY is you know bad for youth. You know that was me back in my teenage years. Mm-hmm. I've changed my mind, by the way. But but uh, anyway, so so I had to do a lot of research, and so I got on Wikipedia and I read about EFY, and I I started following the EFY Instagram account. <laughs> so I had to do probably the most research for the entire comic. On EFY because I, I I knew basically nothing about it and my wife had gone a few times and so I was asking her about it and uh, basically gave myself a crash course in EFY culture mm-hmm. and uh, and produced the comic like it did although it was kind of it was kind of uh, you know I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen to her but I knew that she was going to kind of get into this love triangle and mm-hmm. and uh, initially. Uh, the love triangle was going to be between her and there's a, a character that kind of came and went. Her name was Hallie. It was kind mm-hmm. of the Molly Mormon. It was going to be between Enid, Hallie, and Kyle. And mm. Kyle, of course, ended up being gay. So right. that, didn't, uh, that didn't work out. But I, I, I just decided not to do it that way, but to basically throw her into a situation where everybody was a stranger, where she could reinvent herself. And that's exactly what happened. And I kind of see it as a, I, I kind of decided that it was going to be a turning point in the comic where she was going to go from the the weird antisocial Mormon girl to one who became more open to new experiences, and uh, and so so that's kind of what it turned into. And so I I, I uh, originally I, I had planned for it to be kind of a sad experience for her and a painful experience, and it was to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But then. Uh, in the end, it turned out to be all right for her. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't read it yet, so I'm not going to ruin what happened at EFY. Okay. But it's awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was, really, was that was a really fun episode to read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was looking at, I actually this morning read through your whole year of comics. Um, yeah, I did that last Because I, I hadn't yeah. read all of them. Um, I'd read some of them. But um, I was looking at, at some of the ones that I mean, it's interesting when when you're doing something that's on the internet and people can can favorite it. Um, it's interesting to see which you know ones get the most favorites because that's some measure I think of what's resonating. Um, although yeah. not completely, but to some extent. Um, so let's talk about some of those. So one of the um, comics that that was favorited a lot was Enid versus a hard time. And that one was about sister Poe's story. Sister Poe is, um, one of the young women's leaders in Enid's ward. And she's also African American. And she was talking about a time when she encountered, um, some racist comments directed toward her at church because she was part of an interracial marriage. And, um, and then she went, Sister Poe went to see her bishop and she said he was embarrassed about the comments that were made, but he also kind of got defensive. And, and so then Sister Poe says, um, she learned that church is hard. 
made of people who don't always get the gospel right, which is why the scriptures emphasize charity and love above all else. Um, and then Enid says, so yeah, that part about church being hard, I get that, which is why it's nice with Sister Poe around. So that, I think that one actually got the most favorites out of any of your comments. What do you, what are your thoughts yeah, on that I think, one? So, so yeah, that, that was, uh, that, that is one of my favorite ones. And I, I think it's an important one. Uh, the, it, it came, uh, I got, I was kind of inspired to do it. Um, when, uh, the, the author, Margaret Blair Young came to Cincinnati, mm-hmm. uh, and she, she has worked a lot with, uh, african-american mormons and and kind of raising awareness about uh their history Mm -hmm. and uh, anyway she came and she i I helped organize a lecture at the university of cincinnati which she gave there on the history of black mormons and uh and then she gave a fireside uh like two days later uh at the stake center where she talked about more contemporary experiences of of african-americans uh african-american mormons in in the 20th and 21st century and uh, just reading over their, their experiences, and and, uh, and I wanted to do, I wanted to kind of bring that into this this story, and kind of show, uh, to to I guess include some diversity into the the uh, the comic, and uh, to address that that portion of our history and our our current situation. Um, and I think that's that's the way to do it. I think all of us have heard stories like the story of Sister Poe, where where somebody uh, in a ward without a whole lot of experience with diversity or, or with um, you know African Americans or or other minority groups will say something stupid, mm-hmm. uh, either because they had kind of incorporated some some. Kind of racist folklore into their into their understanding of church doctrine or something like that, and so they end up saying something stupid and hurtful. And uh, what impressed me about Margaret's talk was that, uh, you know, all of these people had had had, had experiences like that, where where somebody had done something really hurtful uh, to this or that member, and the way they were able to. Uh, place that in context and, 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 and find a way to respond with charity rather than with anger and kind of do what they could to make the church a more welcoming place for people of all, of all races. Uh, and I was really impressed by those stories that she told, and I wanted to add something like that into the comic. And that's, that's what came out of it. Okay. Yeah, and um, going along with that, I think the one that, was favorited the most after that one. I don't know if you know. It was kind of a one-liner. Enid versus sucky people. Where Enid just says, oh, yeah. I like it when people aren't sucky to each other. <laughs> were, yeah. you, were you surprised at the response to that one? Uh, yeah, well, not kind of. I guess so. Um, that one, interestingly, I think it came out around the time of the Ferguson shooting. Oh, really? And yeah, I think so. I think that's I think that's the context mm-hmm. of that one. It's just I was really really upset with with uh, a lot of a lot of the the uh, how do I put it? It's it's um, I was 
really kind of surprised by the anger from both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so here was something that, you know, something really terrible that had, that had just happened. And, and uh, I was really kind of upset. When, I think this is especially from conservative news sources um, demonizing victims. And, and then, you know, I just, it, it, it kind of bothered me. So I don't know. I think that's where that one came from. But yeah, that was, but I, there were also other things. I mean, I, I, I'm always kind of annoyed when, when events like that become an excuse for people to be mean to each other mm-hmm. on online. Yeah. And um, so anyway, I think that's where that one came from. I just frustrated with lucky people mm-hmm. being mean to each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've noticed I'm looking over the ones I wrote down some of the ones that got the most response just for fun and and a number of them were things like that um another one was um hashtag president Uchtdorf said the church is a place for Mormons with all kinds of testimonies um so so I've noticed comics that encourage people to show charity and kind of see both perspectives and then also um and then a lot of them also were ones where Enid's kind of struggling for um yeah. and and more so than coming to any conclusion is just kind of acknowledging the struggle um yeah. and and that it's okay to struggle i think those often seem to be the ones that that people responded to so what have been some of the responses to Enid? Well, uh, it, it's kind of, I'm, I think most of it has been overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been a couple of people who, who do not like it. Um, you know, they've told me they don't like it. Uh, I know early on people uh, did not like my depiction of her mother. Um, and. Um, I think that was that was mostly early on. I haven't heard those criticisms recently, um, and it was just before I had been able to really develop her character and make her more of of a uh, real real person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, it's been overwhelmingly positive. And uh, the, the the only downside is I think most of the responses I get are from people who think that she's actually real. <laughs> so I get. It was for a while. I was getting at least a couple messages a week from people, either expressing sympathy for her, her challenges or her struggles. Uh, I had one woman send me her phone number uh, if I wanted to talk it out. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, a lot of people told me I was a beautiful girl and uh, <laughs> I'm a sweetie, that sort of thing. So that's really puzzling. Uh, that I'm what did you make of that? Yeah. Uh, well, it was, I guess you could say I, I, I have kind of mixed feelings about the responses mm-hmm. because on the one hand, they were really fun, fun to read and, and funny as well, because, uh, people were completely serious and, and, uh, they, 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 uh, had just completely missed the fact that she wasn't mm-hmm. real. And, and so what they said, I mean, there was, there was a bit of irony there, uh, where I, you know, they were not in on the joke, and so they had been fooled, ha-ha, that, that sort of thing. So I apologize ahead of time to those people uh, if they're just now finding out about Enid's fakeness. 
but on the other hand, I was really touched by the responses I would get from these people because, uh, you know, they, they genuinely cared for Enid and they really wanted her to, to do well and to be happy. And, uh, and, you know, sometimes they would share stories with me. So if Enid was struggling with, with, uh, her mom's depression, or if, uh, she was going through doubt, people would, you know, send these messages and, and kind of talk about their experiences with mental health, um, or mental illness, uh, or talk about their struggles with doubt and just tell me to hang on. Uh, and so that I, I was really touched by that. And I, I, I wanted to, to kind of tell them that it wasn't real, that, you know, I wanted to stop them from embarrassing themselves. But at the same time, I, I felt like that was also part of the, part of the experiment, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, that I didn't want to intrude on their experience. And I, I had up on, you know, I, I figured as long as I had on the, the website an about section that, that talked about how it was a fictional webcomic mm-hmm. and had links to, you know, interviews with me. And so I felt as long as I had that up there, I was completely, you know, off the hook. I don't know if that's true or not, but I felt mm-hmm. that way. Uh, so, so yeah, I just let it happen. And, uh, I didn't try to intervene. I, I guess I did early on, but but I just let it happen and, and let people share their stories with me. And you know, I was always trying to be very um, well. Anyway, that, that that's basically it. Is is uh, you know, I tried to be very respectful of what they shared with me, and and uh, you know, and uh, I tried to make the the comic as honest as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, in some ways that does credit to Enid's character that she was such a sympathetic character and and seemed real, or her struggles seemed real. Yeah, yeah, and, um, you know, my, my wife would always joke about me about, joke with me about, uh, you know, how, how, uh, well, I was able to pull off the fifteen-year-old girl. But, you know, <laughs> she would sometimes, you know, if I if we were watching something or if I said something, she would sometimes say my fifteen-year-old girl was showing. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so on the twenty-third, you posted a comic which kind of rounds out Enid's story arc. She's gone to look for her father with some friends for her ward. Mm-hmm. Um, and it said the end. So <laughs> this is yes. the question everyone's asking. Question what does that mean? Is this the end? The end? Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, this is the end of of Enid. Um, in a sense that uh, we're not going to see any regular comics. Um, you know, from now on, uh, I. Uh, have just found that that uh producing three comics a week takes a lot of time mm-hmm. and it's time i don't have as much as i i think it has been a very worthy project and i have you know very few regrets about about it uh i do have other things that i need to other projects i want to work on so i'm gonna i'm gonna be doing that for a while um so yeah so so regular comics will not be appearing anymore uh, however i i may start up another web comic 
based on the Mormon shorts idea, where I have these kind of vignettes of Mormon life. Uh, so, so I'll, you know, I'll have a comic that basically tells a a, a single shot story of of you know some aspect of Mormon life, and it could be that in that series Enid will show up. Maybe we'll see a mm-hmm. you know you know one comic or two that features Enid or I'm really kind of interested in um, exploring the lives of some of her friends. And so you might see comics based on her friend, Kyle or uh, Cindy or, you know, any of the, any of the characters that have appeared in the comic. I mean, we might, they might appear if I, if I end up doing the series, uh, you might, you might see them reappear. Uh, So I don't think Enid is completely gone, uh, but you know, you're not going to see anything regular and, and um, and it could be also that if any sort of controversy erupts, uh, if uh, you know the church releases a gospel topics article that is super controversial and you know mm-hmm. you know causes all sorts of you know internal debate on the blog blogger or whatever it might be. I mean, he didn't show up and, and have some sort of commentary on on. Controversy. So that's that. I I I don't think she's gone forever, but as far as the regular comic goes, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna see anymore. I think for a while. It could be that I I I bring I I do a a sequel. I don't know. We'll see. So we may see hopefully more web comics from you in the future. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Um, I I have found since uh, stopping the comic that that uh you know the ideas haven't stopped coming so mm-hmm. <laughs> there's still i think there's still a lot in there i, I find it really enjoyable i I, uh, I find that drawing is a very relaxing thing to do um so it's 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 a good way to i i guess enid goes walking whenever she needs to clear her mind mm-hmm. and i go drawing and so i i i really enjoy that and so i'd hate to see that that go uh but at the same time i really can't producing three comics a week and still you know feel like i'm doing my job as a you know teacher and literary critic and that sort of thing mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah yeah okay so what do you make of it okay looking back over the year what have you learned from it um well, I think I think one thing is that there is an audience for um, Mormon art and for Mormon mm-hmm. fiction. A lot of times we talk about that there is no audience, at least in the Mormon fiction community or Mormon literature mm-hmm. community. We 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 bemoan the fact that nobody's buying Mormon novels or that nobody reads Mormon fiction. I and that that is true to a certain extent, but I think maybe we we just are not going about it the right way. And, um, you know, it could be that if we want to, I, I think maybe, I don't know, it's, it's, there's an audience out there. I think this comic shows that there are people who can read it, who, who want to read it, who want Mormon stories, who are okay with realistic Mormon stories that, that, you know, try to show warts as much as is needed, you know, warts, tell, tell Mormon stories, warts and all. Uh, but it could be that we're just not finding the right format for those stories. And so I am 
when you see something like the success of the the, uh, the Saratov approach, or what I hope will be the success of Freetown, mm-hmm. the the uh, film, uh, Garrett Batty's films, uh, you know, maybe maybe film is one way to do that. Uh, I mean, Mormon movies have worked in the past, and so maybe that's where Mormon fiction needs to focus. Uh, comics could be another way that we kind of share Mormon, like fictional Mormon stories. Um, I think the Mormon lit, lit Blitz has shown that there's an audience for short web fiction, web poetry. Um, and so I think it's not so much that there's not an audience for Mormon fiction, but I think, or for Mormon literature, I just think we need to find formats that are more appealing to the audiences today. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of Mormons don't have a lot of time for fiction. Uh, but if you put it, if you put fiction up online, uh, I think they respond to that. You know, little, little, little fragments, I guess, serialized fiction. I think, I think there's an audience for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not the best person to ask. That. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to, I tend to, uh, prefer fiction that nobody likes. So, <laughs> but. But I think that's one thing that Ian shows is that there is an audience for Mormon fiction. We just need to find the right way to package it mm-hmm. for them. And I think you need to find the right voice for it, too. It's got to hit a sweet spot that, that uh, kind of appeals to a wide swath of Mormons because Mormons are a very diverse crowd, uh, despite the stereotype. I think if you can find a sweet spot that appeals to all stripes of mormons you've got you've got something good going you can you can have some success with that i think that's what worked with enid is that enid did not really appeal to one group of mormons but she she appealed to all to 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 all demographics that i've been able to come across um you know liberal mormons loved her conservative mormons loved her ex-mormons loved her faithful mormons loved her uh you know, they were all represented in the readership, so far as I mm-hmm. could tell. And uh, that's, you know, that's not always easy to do. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. It just happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my last question is just, in this past year, you've been thinking about telling Mormon stories, since that's something that you've been doing. Um, what are your comments about that? And there are a lot of people, I think, right now who are telling Mormon stories. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts about that? Well, I think the one thing, I, I think first and foremost, you need to tell them if you have a Mormon story that you feel like you should tell, tell it and tell it honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, really, I really do think that, that Mormon artists, especially those who write fiction or maybe, you know, creative nonfiction really just need to to put their stories out there and take chances with, with their art and not be afraid to tell a true story, uh, fictionalized, uh, a fictional story that speaks truth with a capital T, mm-hmm. whatever that, whatever that truth might be. Um, and really just, just, just do it. Just, just do it. Uh, don't worry about, uh, whether your, your talents are up to it yet, they'll get there if you practice at it, if you work at it. Uh, and that's another thing Enid shows. I mean, if you compare the first comic to the last, you can see there's a great deal of improvement that happens. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what art's all about is you, you've got to do it. Uh, in order to make something beautiful, you got to start off with something that looks pretty, pretty lousy. So just keep at it is what I would say. And, and be honest with your stories. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. This has been fun. Yeah. And good luck. I, we hope to see more from you. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what happens. <laughs> okay. We'll watch for it. Thank you for listening to the Mormon Artist Podcast. For more episodes, please visit mormonartist.net.